Hello, and welcome to the Educators to Educators podcast. I'm Carrie Conover, and welcome to this special episode all about how libraries make teachers' lives easier. I like the topic of anything to do with making teachers' lives easier. Today's guest, Laura, is from Canada. She's a first-time podcast guest. She has presented so many times with E2E. I absolutely adore her. Laura, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so, so much for having me. I'm so excited. Laura is a French immersion kindergarten teacher from Ontario, Canada. I will not try my high school French on you, okay? I promise that. (laughs) Fair enough. It's been a good 20-some plus years since that uh, happened, so we will not let any of you hear my French. But she currently teaches in the same rural school that she herself attended and says that she wouldn't have it any other way. Laura received both her Bachelor of Arts and Bachelor of Education from Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, and is now in her 10th year of teaching. Laura is currently at home on maternity leave, yes, the most important job in the world, I believe, with her two daughters, but continues to remain engaged in the education world through blogging, creating resources on Teachers Pay Teachers. We're going to tell you how to find those at the end of this episode, so make sure you hang on for that information. And she's been taking a part in some virtual teaching conferences. I'm sure many of you saw her at Teacher New Year Reboot where she did an incredible presentations about books that you can use for kids that are experiencing anxiety. And recently she presented at the Bilingual Educators Virtual Summit. She loves meeting and connecting with teachers around the globe. So as I said, we will tell you how to get a hold of Laura, but let's get started on our topic today. We at the E2E podcast always talk about one bigger topic and then three kind of lessons underneath that. So today is Laura's gonna discuss Using the library to save yourself money. We also like to save money around here. Planning ahead to maximize your library resources and familiarizing yourself with your librarian and your library services. Laura, are you ready to go? Absolutely. Great. Okay, so let's talk about, first of all, why are you so passionate about this topic? Oh my gosh. When I was thinking about what we could chat about, I was like, am I going to sound like a total dork if I'm like, can we please talk about the library? Because um, I am a huge library fan. I volunteered at a library when I was little. My mom always put us in programs, reading programs in the summertime. Right now during COVID, it's been a lifesaver for me. We are right now in in my area able to get books out with curbside pickup. So I've been able to keep reading and have books, new books for my kids to read. So it's been a total lifesaver. And most of all, as a teacher, I use the library all the time because if I did not, I would have no money left. (laughs) And honestly, it opens up my world of teaching completely. And I really believe that a lot of teachers do not maximize the possibilities from their local libraries. And so I thought if I could teach anyone what the libraries have to offer around them, that it would be super helpful to them. Even in these times when they might think, oh, the library is not accessible to me, it is. So that's why I landed on that. I love it. And Laura, you did this presentation at the New Year Reboot around 
books for kids with anxiety. And we are still showing that presentation off. It is on our brand new Educators to Educators YouTube channel. I will also link that video below. And there's a freebie, this gorgeous free resource that Laura put together to go along with those books. So I'm going to link all of that in the show notes so that all of you can get your hands on those amazing products and that amazing training and professional development that Laura did for us at E2E. So let's talk about using the library to save yourself money. Yes, this is like the most important reason that I use the library. If you're, I'm not a new teacher. I've been teaching for 10 years. So I do have a classroom library built up. I have seen teachers try to start a classroom library by buying all of their books brand new. And it's like heartbreaking. I'm like, oh my gosh, you're going to have no money left. And also those books are going to get wrecked real fast. So I really believe in using the library to build up that classroom library in your own room, because it's going to save a lot of your hard-earned money. Uh, We do have budgets in schools for resources, but you and I know, Carrie, like teachers go above and beyond and spend a lot of their own money every day. So yeah, yeah, if there's something that teachers can do to save themselves money and it's something easy, then they should do it. For example, if I do read-alouds, they are pretty much all the time books in the library, unless there's something that I really love and I've purchased myself. I do sometimes hesitate to use library books in my classroom library because I do have a fear that they might get a little bit wrecked and they're not my own books. We do talk about with the kids taking care of books properly and making sure that we are respecting the books. Um, So if you have a class that's really responsible or maybe a little bit older and you trust them with that, then that's fine. So using them in your classroom library is a really great way to save money. Also, a reason I love using the library is I can check out a book before I buy it. So if I hear that a book is really good, sometimes I'll get it from the library and I realize mm, the language is a little bit too tricky for my kids. Or I don't know if I like that message. That's not kind of what I thought it was about. If you can get a book from the library first, you can check it out. You can even try it out on your kids. And if it's really a hit, then you can go out and make the purchase. Awesome. Sorry. I was muting myself because I was trying to find the link to our resource. Oh, that's Um, okay. (laughs) I was like, oh, I got to make sure I unmute because I wanted to make sure I had that to share it at the end. So anyway, okay. I really like what you were saying, Laura, about checking the book out first because There are a lot of people out there that are recommending books, but you really know in your gut and from your knowledge what's best for your level of kids, their their maturity level and certain topics, what they can handle. So I really like that you are talking about like checking it out. It's like, you know, rent the runway we have here in the States where you can like rent dresses and try them out. It's kind of like that. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And if it's a staple, you want to purchase it. I noticed that you said, like, stop buying books that you'll read once and never look at again. Do you have any tips for kind of figuring out which ones are the best to buy? Like, how do you know when you should buy it or just return it to the library? Well, with the one that I'm looking at right now, when I read it, I full cried while reading it. So if I can get a nice old emotional response from a picture book, I'm going to buy it. Um... But also, I think the key thing is if you can try it out with your own kids or your own class, 
you know if they're engaged, you know if they're laughing, you know if they're learning something from it. So really there's nothing better than trying it out with your kids. So for example, I got a book from the library the other day and read it to my daughter and you never know. She's two years old. You never know what a toddler is going to enjoy. Sometimes she'll like a book and I'm like, what is it about this annoying book that makes you want to keep reading it? So it's really hard to gauge sometimes, especially with really young kids and and with older kids as well. So if you can try it out on them first and you see their reaction, then you have a pretty good bet that it's going to be a book worth buying. As a former intermediate teacher, I have to say that like if you're a fifth grade teacher listening to this, Use picture books with your kids. My fifth graders loved when I pulled out picture books like after lunch and read them. You don't always have to read a novel or a really long high level book. Like actually, I feel like that's part of that. I had this series by Peter Brown, this chowder series about this like bulldog. And I think like the kids loved when I read those books because it, I was like giddy and I had fun with it and I did funny voices with it. And so I just want to put a plug in there that even middle schoolers like read alouds, like picture books. Absolutely. I feel the same way about a book that I talked about in my presentation at the New Year Reboot, The Sloth's Guide to Mindfulness by Ton Mack. I have it like on my shelf as an adult and I pull it out and read it and I love it. I think it's good for so many ages. Not all books can do that, but like that's a picture book that I would absolutely show older kids because like the younger kids will like the cute little pictures and the older kids will get the kind of deeper messages underneath. So absolutely. I agree with you. Anything else you want to tell us about using your library to save you that money before we move on? If you love reading yourself and you want to model that in front of your own kids, or I know we used to have like quiet reading time in high school or upper intermediate grades. If you're a teacher that wants to be modeling that to your kids and you yourself love reading, get your books from the library or borrow them from someone. I know people love buying books and I think it's a fantastic thing to spend money on for yourself. By the way, I really don't want to (laughs) deter anyone from doing that. But I think if you go through a lot of books and you want to be modeling that to your kids, to your students, because children do imitate, right? Use it for yourself as well. I follow Reese's Book Club on Instagram. I follow a lot of book clubs on Goodreads and I find books for myself that I just absolutely love and I don't have to spend a lot of money on them. You know, it's interesting. I've become a big audiobook person mm-hmm. just because it's like I, I spend so much time like sitting and reading and at the computer that I love listening to books on audio so I can like fold my laundry and listen to an audio book. So I've become a big audio book person, but I remember back in the day when I was still in the classroom for those 10 years, we would always have silent reading when we came back to re- from recess to just kind of like chill. And I, my student, the, my mentor teacher, when I student taught, she said, you got, you have to read when they're reading. Like, it's so important to model that for them that you as an adult, like still enjoy reading. And Even if I felt the pressure to grade like papers during that time, I would try to read like grade student writing. So like, I'd be like, oh, while you guys are reading your, you know, books, I'm going to sit here and read your, you know, nonfiction stories that you, or nonfiction texts that you wrote last week. That's what I'm doing to my reading time so that they knew, even though it looked like I was grading, that I was like reading their writing. 
Um, so that's just a little tip I thought I would share out for you. If you're feeling that pressure to grade, absolutely, <laughs> you can yeah. still do grading and read in front of your kids at the same time. So oh, yeah. let's it used to be called let, deer for oh, us. <laughs> yep. Deer. Yeah. What was Sorry, it? it Why, what, yeah. What did it stand for? Drop everything and read. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> That was, that was a waste of time for me when I was a kid. Like I was not a kid who was able to sit in a classroom and read a book. Like I was so distracted. I couldn't do it. <laughs> you were probably the opposite. You but you could pretend. Right yes. Oh, yes. I was, I was really like, good yes. acting. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about your kind of second lesson here. Planning ahead to maximize your library resources. This is super key. I think if you're wanting to use the library's resources and you're not planning ahead, you're going to find that you're getting discouraged because the books that you want or the resources that you want are not available to you. When mm. I make my long range plans, it might shock you to find out that I am a planner, <laughs> very type A. <laughs> um, I always plan which books I'm going to do for read alouds each week. I usually do focus on one specifically for a whole week in kindergarten. And so whenever I know what book I want, I'm able to reserve it from the library ahead of time. If it's a really popular book, someone else might have requested it. And so it might not be available. So if you know what you want ahead of time, you can make sure that you request it with lots of time to spare. Talk about how you, Laura, involve your students in this process. Oh gosh, I love having my kids pick books from the library. It's a really unfortunate thing. I don't know if it's the same for you guys in the United States. A lot of times when we have budget cuts in Ontario, the library is unfortunately one of the first things that is cut. So we don't always have the opportunity to allow kids to take out books within our school. I know personally, um, there are schools in our district where they actually share a librarian. They have to like go from school to school. So they might only see them like once every two weeks or their school might not have a library and like they come along with a trolley so that they can pick books. So if that is the case, it's really nice to use a public library to let kids have that experience. So something that I actually started with my kids that they really enjoyed, I didn't think they would enjoy it this much, but as a little reward system, I would say, okay, you get to be the one to choose which book we're going to request from the library. And you'd think that Ooh. four and five-year-olds would not be super excited about having to wait like a week for a book, but they really loved it. I would pull up the library website right on our smart board so they could see. I'd say, what do you want to read about? And they'd kind of look at me with these big eyes like, oh, usually it was like frozen. Um, <laughs> so I'd say, okay, <laughs> let's go with that. So I type in, okay, frozen and books would come up often with a picture. And I'd say, well, which book would you like? You can pick whichever one you want. So they really liked that. And then when it would come in, it was this huge thing. I don't know. Like it was just a really huge thing for them to know, oh, I picked this book and now the whole class gets to read it. And it kind of teaches them a bit of patience too. You got to wait for this book to come in and we really have to be careful with this book. It's just something that we're borrowing. And like I said, I really didn't expect them to run with this as much as they do, but 
kids love libraries. They really do. And they love the idea that, wow, if I'm interested in tigers, I can type that in and I can find all these neat books about tigers. If I'm interested in four wheelers, I can type that in. I can even type it in in French or in Spanish and see if there's a book that comes in that language. So it really is dual for me in my classroom. It's allowing kids to find out how their library works really because they're so young they might not know yet and also it's kind of a neat little classroom management tool because it's a reward for positive behavior in the classroom I love that so much and I mean I know here in the United States we have scholastic book fairs and book clubs and like you can order books from those little magazines and I grew up very poor up to the age of 10 and I never got to order anything from those scholastic books. And it was actually a very sad day for me when those books would come in and we would come back and the the same kids always seemed to have a stack of books on their desk, you know, and great for them. Like, I'm glad they had that opportunity, but that didn't happen for me. And so the library, going to the library was especially meaningful for me as a kid, being able to go look at those books that I would never be able to have in my home. And the best is when you're the first one to get a book. (laughs) (laughs) There's that competitive side coming out in you. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, the brand new one in the library that was like crisp and clean and you got to be the first to check it out. Oh, yeah. Because often what I will do, if there's a book that I hear of, I see it on Instagram or I see it come out on Goodreads, I immediately search for it at my library. And sometimes it's so new they don't have it yet. So you can actually do in my library system, and I imagine in most of them, a purchase request. So you can say, I would like this book and I would like to be put on the waiting list for it. And you can even like write a little note as to why you think it would be a good book in the library system. And so if they purchase the book that you request, you're usually the first on the list. And that's an awesome feeling. Um, I did a blog post a little while ago about books about diversity and inclusion. And as a French teacher, um, I did it about French books on diversity and inclusion. And my library system has mostly English books. They do have French ones, but I think their main focus is English ones. But I requested for them to have a bunch of those French books added and they added so many of them. And it just oh, made me feel them. really good. Like, yeah, we now have these books about, you know, different mixed families and LGBTQ characters and they're now in the system and it kind of feels like, oh, that's because of me. And I, it was just nice, yes, you know, it, it, was, it felt good and I got to use them in my classroom. I got to read them to my own daughter. And so if that's something that makes you think, oh, like, yeah, that'd be great. Check it out at your library. I'm sure it's something that all libraries have. And if not, ask your librarian. They can tell you if it is. Speaking of librarians, I have a feeling you are like best friends with the librarians at your local library. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I am. (laughs) So why is it so important for teachers to familiarize themselves moving into lesson three here? Why is it so important for teachers to familiarize themselves with the librarians and the library services? So if your librarian knows who you are, who you're getting books for, who your little reading audience is, you would be amazed at how helpful they can be. Every librarian I've ever met just wants to be there for you and wants to get some books and some resources in your hands that'll be super helpful to you. 
for example, my local librarian knows that I'm a teacher, knows that I am a kindergarten teacher, knows that I teach French. If any new books come in, that would be appropriate for that age level, for that language. She points them out to me right away. I've even had librarians, I'd walk up and they say, I've checked out these new books for you just because I know they're exactly what you'd be looking for. So they're just in this little pile here and you just take that. And it's like, okay, super. I don't even have to look for books. So they, when they know your audience, they kind of, they're able to hone in on some new books or some new resources that might be useful. As a parent, this is super amazing because the other day, for example, I walked into my library and my librarian was like, oh, we have this new story time to go thing. And I think your daughter would love it. Can I give you one? And it was fantastic. Aww. It was a little book with a craft and like, it was amazing. I was like, yeah, that's exactly something I would love. So it's really nice for them to just know you and know who you're looking for. Even if it's just for yourself, if they know you like a good mystery thriller, they're going to help you out. That's, I think, I think I'm right in saying like, that's just every librarian ever. They just want people to read more books. (laughs) Yeah, that is the, well, and it's their, that's their passion and they like to share it with others. So I totally agree with you too. And it's interesting too. It's like, you can then talk to your students about your relationship. Like I, I, I do worry a little bit about the generation that's coming up about their ability to just like have small talk with people and Mm -hmm. like have those personal relationships um and so I think talking about like oh my friend the librarian at the library she found this for you I mean it's just modeling those good healthy relationships so good for you on that yeah absolutely I noticed you said like there's so many things outside of books at the library that teachers can take advantage of oh my gosh it's unbelievable you would be amazed at what like your local little public library has to offer you and especially when you're a teacher there are things that you could take advantage of that you probably don't even know exist. It's super simple to just log on to your local library and on their homepage, I imagine it would say everything that they have available. You could obviously do a simple book search, but you can scroll their homepage and see all kinds of things. Just as a test, I'm not part of the Ottawa Public Library, but I pulled up their page and I thought, mm, let's okay. see what they have. Just as an example, they're not one that I'm familiar with because that's not my direct area. But just by scrolling their homepage for a few seconds, they have isolation, isolation, recreation activities. Okay. They have coding, writing for kids. They have book clubs. They have author visits they have online story times they've got streaming music and this is just for me glancing literally at their homepage. so if you have a library card which i really hope you do at your local library just log on to their website and you're going to see so many different resources that are available to you for free things like magazine publications. Uh, This is a conversation I had with my mom just the other day. She was like, do you know you can get like McLean's magazine? You can just look it up. You don't even have to buy it and you can read it for free if you have a library (laughs) card. It is awesome. Like newspapers, all kinds of things that you would probably normally have to pay for. I know even they have, do you guys have like ancestry over there? Uh, genealogical stuff where you can find your family history and stuff. Yeah. Like if you submit your DNA, uh, that, yeah, that would be how it starts usually. 
Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, so that even if you go into the library and you log onto their computer, you can even have access to things like that. So, again, search their homepage or talk to your new BFF, the librarian, and they would be uh, so happy to tell you about all these different things. Like, I, I've taken advantage of things like museum passes. I've gone to museums with my family for free because they have them on loan. Uh, printing services when all of a sudden your printer is on the fritz. All kinds of neat things like that. That's awesome. Well, you actually have got me like kind of pumped to go to the library. I'm not going to lie. I haven't actually been there in a while. So (laughs) you've definitely motivated me. Will you please tell our listeners where they can find, like I said, I'm going to share in the show notes where you can go and get Laura's gorgeous guide to books. Uh, I think it's awesome books for anxious kids is the name of the guide. Is that correct, Laura? Yes, it is. You can go download that. Once you download that, you'll automatically be added to her email list so you can get information about her blog and all of her TPT resources. Laura, where else can we follow and find you? Probably where I'm most active is on my Instagram page, which is at Bilingual Mangle. I do a lot of book sharing on there and just kind of general teacher feel good stuff too. And yeah, the ones that you mentioned, Teachers Pay Teachers and my blog, which is fairly newish. So don't judge if it's a little sparse, but I'm getting there. (laughs) Everybody has to start somewhere. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I hope to see you, Laura, back at Teacher Summer Reboot. Speaking of Teacher Summer Reboot, y'all, we have some dates. So grab your calendar because Teacher Summer Reboot 2021 is going to be on July 17th and 18th. And I have some surprises to share with all of you. We have some changes coming to Teacher Summer Reboot that you're going to love. So make sure you stay tuned to the podcast and follow us over on Instagram and our Facebook find those at educators to educators. Laura, thanks for being you. Thanks for being an amazing educator. It was really fun to shine the spotlight on you today. Thanks so much, Carrie. This was a blast. I've been looking forward to it. And thanks for everything you do. Oh, thank you. And for all of you, I know it's tough out there. The end of the year is headed this way. Until next time, my friends, keep on teaching on.